Hey, hello there. Welcome to the Lifting the Veil podcast with your host, myself, Adrian Lopez, the Integrative Healing Coach. And today, uh, the topic for this week, um, what's been coming up is what is, like, what does it mean to be truly healthy? So for those of you that don't know, um, I have been, um, I've started a um, intentional fitness journey. I've been working with a personal trainer. Uh, I have been modifying my daily food intake um, and a whole regime of uh, supplements. Um, mostly because I am in the process of answering the question, like, how healthy can I be? How much health can I experience? How much health and vitality and vitality and radical aliveness can I experience in my body? And, um, you know, even asking this question brings up a little bit of fear, you know? And the reason being is I can imagine just probably like you, all of us have had, you know, different um, health issues, pain issues in our body. Um, no, you know, that's part of being in a body. Um, maybe some ailments, some chronic ailments or conditions. Um, and, you know, a lot of times uh, the first response is fear. And when we're afraid, we want to push things away, like out of our consciousness. But, you know, as a person who works with, uh, works with people in clearing and healing trauma, trauma is simply, and I don't mean to simplify it, but it is um, trapped sensory information in the body, unprocessed information which can be related to as well as emotion. So it is fascinating. The more and more work I do with people and for myself on my own journey, um, because I'm in this, I'm right in this with, you know, I'm doing this work day in and day out, um, walking the talk and uh, the connection between um, our physical health and our emotional health and our spiritual health um, and then all the physical conditions of our body uh, and our life, I should say. So, um, so I'm working with this, as I mentioned, this physical personal trainer and it's interesting because the focus is all on the physicality the health what you're eating what you're putting in your body what you know uh, how many reps you're doing um, what weight you're lifting um, you know all of, all of these things which are important you know for physical health but um, it's it's for me, it's become more clear that it's not separate. Like that physicality cannot be compartmentalized separate from 
our emotional health, our mental health, and our spiritual health. And as an integrative healing coach, um, I have not so much focused on the physicality of it, like per se, um, you know, taking my clients or the people I see through a, you know, a physical health regime, although that's part of health, but working on more like an energetic level, realizing that when you begin to observe yourself and others, you can see the adaptive responses in people's physiology and it's not a, a cognitive or like a a mental or analytical process and so i'll give you an example so somebody i was working with said what's the difference between seeing like a talk therapist and like having a life coach and so i said well usually talk therapy is mental you know you're using your analytical cognitive abilities to talk about a problem which is only one level of our being and i know through my own experience that talk therapy although while helpful gets stuck in in the mind because a lot of what's stopping people from living their best life from living from being victorious in every level of their life right like i have spoken about before some people are really successful in their work but their relationship um house is really challenging um some people are really great with relationships but maybe their finances or their work is hurting and i don't you know there's all different variations as many people as there are you know depending on our imprints right the 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 filters, the conditioning that we put on in this life. And it could be sim as simple as not being allowed to be who you are. And this is most people, if we're honest. And so, you know, I'm also very, for those of you that that know me that have heard me before that i that have listened to my podcast I'm, I'm very connected to um traditions uh that are non-dual like they're like there's only one and everything is a reflection of who we're being because if we cannot be conscious of what's going on with us on all levels of our consciousness, we're going to project it outside of us. We're going to see it outside of us. And so um, this isn't that this is something simple that you can do overnight, that you can do in one week. This is, a, you know, a life journey of awakening. But there are, um, there are, it, I guess really what I want to say, it just determines, it just depends on the rate in which you would like to evolve. So you can take one year to do something, you can take one week to do something, you can take one week to do something, or you can take 10 years, or you can take 20 years, or you can take a lifetime. And so 
it just depends what you're up to. And there's no right or wrong. There's no judgment. And so the difference, you know, in regards to this question, what's the difference between a counselor and a life coach, is that a life coach, like myself, is working not only on the analytical level, but also the mental level, the emotional level, and the spiritual level. And then down to the densest level, which is our physicality. And our physicality is where our trauma shows up, where our stuck trauma shows up. But it's energetic. It is energetic. And then the longer it's there, the more dense it becomes. And it starts showing up in symptoms. Um, chronic illness. And this is not some airy-fairy philosophy that I'm sharing with you. For those of you that just are, maybe you're tuning in for the first time. This is documented, you know, um, for those of you that don't know about the ACEs study, the Adverse Childhood Effects Study, um, you can Google it. Uh, it's been recreated. Um, Dr. Nadine Burke, who was the first Surgeon General of California, does a great TED Talk on it. She's written a book called The Well of Being. Um, so, and a lot of somatic work, uh, healing from trauma work, um, building the capacity to be with one's internal processes. Because, you know, as a culture, we have been taught away from feeling. And um, in many really kind of destructive ways through through shame, through guilt, through humiliation, um, and um, self-rejection. And so when you look at this, uh, for example, um, the opioid crisis, where millions of Americans were being prescribed um, high-level pain medication for everyday pain, right? That we're so afraid to feel. Um, it's just a symptom, right? Of um, just how disconnected people have become. And it's just really, you know, the more and more work that I do, you know, through uh, my training as a hypnotherapist, but just how the subconscious um, works and how it speaks through symbols and metaphors and signs. And it's, um, it's just amazing every single time the intelligence that is held there for life. That's largely invisible. Like you can't see it with your physical eyes. Um, but that doesn't mean that it's not real and that it doesn't exist and that it's not in every layer of our physiology, unprocessed um, experience, unprocessed emotions. And uh, after years, right, as shown in the ACEs study, that those young people who have had 
one or more adverse childhood event, and they have a long list of that, but you can imagine anything that causes a human, a little human body to suffer a stress response. That means the ability not to be present, not to be, be able to remain conscious because it's not safe. And so the mind has a beautiful gift, survival gift, of pulling consciousness out of the body, pulling it into another timeline, pulling, fragmenting it, right? And that's part of what integrative coaching is, is <laughs> as they say, you got to feel it to heal it. Um, most of us have many fragmented pieces, some more, like as far as to degree of fragmentation than others. And because we are infinitely creative beings, our psyche is like a master, our ego, at creating defense mechanisms and then hiding them in our blind spot to where the ego doesn't even realize what it's doing. And so, um, for example, I'm going to give you an example. So one of my friends, um, when he is under stress or he, um, mostly in relationship, when he is uh, faced with um, a level of conflict, um, a level of not getting his needs met, for example, um, not being able to know how to handle the situation. And it's not that he doesn't, it's just like a muscle that was in net, like if you're a, a trainer and you, you meet a new person and like there you have really weak triceps or biceps and it's, it's not that they don't have the muscle, it's just that they haven't used them in so long that the muscles have become atrophied. So the strength isn't there. So just like when we go to the gym, we have to build our capacity for um, strength. We also have this internal capacity. If we never got to develop those muscles of um, negotiating needs or um, mediating conflict or um, being present to another person's upset, like if we never learned those, which meant like, let's be honest, many of us never had the opportunity because nobody had the skill set. Our parents didn't have the skill set around us to model it for us. So many of us just uh, modeled versions of their adaptive stress responses that weren't actually, I mean, they were protecting life. They were allowing life to survive, but they weren't necessarily empowering or systems of a behavior and thinking that allowed life to fully thrive in the in its fullest potential to be radically alive and that's what I'm up to that's what I'm talking about here so back to my example so um, it has become such a natural response to him he believes that's just his personality he believes that's just the way he is. And I'm not picking on him. This is just an example because we all have different versions of this that we took on at a very early age that became such a part of us that we believe it's who we are. Our ego is fully identified with it. 
and it seems inevitable, unchangeable, and just the way reality is, just the way the world is. And the truth is <laughs> that when you start doing active um, self-observation as what's required when working, for example, with a life coach, but you can do it independently. You don't have to do it with a life coach. Um, it just gives you a, a different level of accountability and pace, increases the pace. Um, because all of our wounds, all of our personality structures of our ego, the ego mind or the negative ego, were put in place in relationship. And so those are the places that it's going, it's going to, um, it's going to arise in and it's also going to be healed in. And so back to this example of my friend who has an avoidant behavior. Now, if you ask him about this, um, probably when he was younger, he wouldn't know what you're talking about. Like it was like right here in his unconsciousness. And even if I've known him for many, many years, like we grew up together, right? So um, years ago, if I would have asked him about it, he wouldn't have been able to even acknowledge that it existed. Years later now, he is able to acknowledge that his avoidant behavior exists. And he's seen the price that he's paid, right? So for a lot of times, until the pain becomes like, until you see the price that you paid for a behavior, it's usually not something that you're willing to change. But I'm telling you this, I'm sharing this with you, because once you begin to see this in another person, for example, you can see it more readily in yourself. And then you start being able to see the price that you're paying for what at one time seemed like um, a behavior that on one level might seem harmless. Like it's not really hurting anyone in the immediate present, but a cumulative effect of that behavior um, you're paying the price, first of all, first and foremost. And then secondly, all the people around you are paying the price. So back to this example, let me show you here or illustrate this for you. So now that he's lived some life and he's starting to see that this avoidant behavior um, might not necessarily be working the way that he had hoped, it has protected him. It has kept his psyche away from experiencing a level of pain but it's not allowing him to get what he truly wants in relationship, which is a loving, reciprocal level of connection and love. Um, uh, he gets to be right. He gets to stay isolated, quote unquote, safe from truly ever being vulnerable. And so what does this mean? So this behavior that comes up has a thread. The final outcome is ghosting, um, disappearing act. Um, and if you follow that thread back, 
what is the feeling that happens right before he decides to pull his presence away from someone? And it, it might take some practice figuring it out. Just like if you go to the gym, you know, you're not going to go straight to the 400, you know, pound weight because you have maybe you've never lifted weights in your life. And so this is emotional, spiritual, and energetic weightlifting. And so we start off at building the capacity to um, tune in, to attune to our own energetic blueprint and how we've been running our energy in our life. And if that blueprint called a personality, called stress response, called social conditioning, isn't getting us the level of life, like living a fulfilling life, then why the heck is it there, right? And people might say, well, you know, it keeps me safe. Well, that's what I know. Well, yeah, that's all true. And nothing, again, there's no judgment. It is a comfort zone. And you've already got it. You're an expert at it. You don't even have to think about it. It's autopilot behavior. So back to this example. So if we follow that thread with him, for him, with him, avoidant behavior, go back. Um, confusion, perhaps. I'm guessing if I've ever been an avoidant person, what shows up in me? So uh, feeling confused. And then I'm guessing if I went back even further, I'd feel like overwhelmed, like scared even further. I'm feeling frightened. There's too much going on. I don't know what to do. I can't manage this because I'm going back to the first time I felt, the first time my psyche thought avoidance would be a good option. Because there is an origin of each of our personality behaviors. There is a moment in time where we invented a way of dealing with the world. Because we didn't have adult tools. And now, hopefully that we're adults, we can go back and update our toolbox with adult tools. Tools that can actually manage life in a highly effective way with love and compassion, clarity and empowerment for all parties involved. And this is what I'm talking about. And so it's a process of updating our toolbox from what we had from the ages one to seven. We didn't have any of the cognitive, emotional, um, spiritual context to create our personalities. We were just trying to protect and survive. And so um, I invite you, you don't have to take my word for it. In fact, I've always asked that you never do, that you check these things out for yourself in your own life laboratory, your own body, your own mind, your own spirit, um, and check in what's true for you. So back to our story. So I would ask my friend, to go back to the first time where he remembers feeling scared 
about life. Because feeling scared about life is an emotional, um, an emotional location in the body. It is a orientation to the world that gets downloaded into the psyche, into the body, into the physiology, because it's never one level. It's all levels of our being because we are not separate. We are spiritual. We are mental. We are emotional. We are energetic and we are physical. And so, as I mentioned, my earlier client had asked me, what's the difference between a counselor and a life coach? And I don't mean to generalize here. I'm just talking from my own experience of receiving talk therapy and doing my own, learning my own growth, my own coaching. Like I'm speaking from that point. I'm not speaking as a always, ever, in an absolute sense. So please don't hear me that way. I'm hearing um, what I'm, sorry, where I'm speaking from is that uh, a lot of times, in my experience, talk therapy is simply the mental level. And in order to do true healing at a cellular level, we have to hit every layer of our being. And the fastest way, not the only way, um, that I have found is doing energy work. We can use our words, we can use our mind, but we also have to feel it. We have to be able to um, identify a sensation, a location in our body, um, and release it at an energetic level at the point of origin. And sometimes it's we identify it in this lifetime. But those of us who have ex have an expanded sense of consciousness right, might even be able to visit past lifetimes where the origin happened and got so deeply imprinted in our soul, our Atman, at least that's what they call it in yoga, and the uh, vasanas, which are the Sanskrit, uh, sorry, the sanskars, the imprints that we take from lifetime to lifetime. Whether you believe in re reincarnation or not, this, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about it's in our DNA. It's intergenerational. And so um, we carry that, right? And again, this is, this is not airy-fairy. This is not just a conversation of a yogic philosophy. They have done scientific studies showing the intergenerational effects of trauma um, on, on one generation receiving a trauma and then several generations in the future still displaying that adaptive stress response of that intergenerational trauma. So this is what I'm talking about. So integrative healing as, as a, um, a service of a life coach like myself is dealing with an expanded sense of self that a lot of times, to be honest, Western-trained counselors cannot address legally because that's not in their wheelhouse. So I'm not saying that if, if you're seeing a counselor uh, that you can't do healing. I'm not saying that or that it's not effective on some level. I'm not saying that. 
I'm saying it functions largely on one level. And if you really want to do full personhood transformation, then you might have to go outside of that. Um, and so you can still see your counselor and you can um, do other levels of work while you're doing that. So, um, and you know, I mean, it's just been for me a product of experience. Like I started off at talk therapy and I got certain results and then I realized that wasn't enough. I still was requiring a, a level of foundational healing that was not available through the talk therapy for me at the pace that I required. So back to our friend, overwhelm, avoidance. Um, so avoidance, confusion, overwhelm, fear. So in a session with him, I would ask him to go back to the first time in life where he first take, took on this orientation of being fearful toward life. Because life isn't separate from us. You know, it looks like the world's happening out here and that we're in here and we're separate. But the minute we name something, the power of our word is so powerful. The minute we imprint, it becomes a record, a record, an internal record of our orientation of the world and, and then therefore our narrative of who we are in relationship to the world. And uh, I don't know about you, but I was never informed of this incredible mechanism I had to create my own relationship to the world through my word, through my story, through my narration um, as a you know, zero to seven year old, and that most people are functioning out of that toolbox that they created as a child without ever getting the update. That would be like if you had a phone from the first, um, you know, the first round of cell phones and you never got the update. And then you didn't even know that there was anything else available because nobody told you. I mean, you could see other people doing things with your phone that you couldn't do, um, but you didn't quite understand why. And then you thought, well, maybe something's the matter with me or my cell phone. Maybe I'm an idiot, right? Maybe that's why those people are doing these incredible things and I can't do that, right? So when was the first time? And so I would ask him to go back to the first time he recalls feeling afraid in life. And uh, there might be some resistance because there often is, especially when we haven't developed the capacity to do this clearing technique, like lickety split, just like anything. The first time we do it, it might be difficult. It might be like, oh, I don't remember the first time I was scared. There might be resistance of the ego, like this is stupid. Why am I doing this? You know, all sorts of things come up, especially when we're, when you or I are ready to, to make a big shift in energy or a big shift of discovery in who we've been because the ego like doubles itself up to protect you. And so there's a certain level of trust, a certain level of like faith and a certain level of courage this work takes to trust that the knowledge, the wisdom, the intelligence in you 
has called forth the tools that you need, the people, the coaches, the books, the practices that you called them forth in order to do the work that you're longing to do. So once this person gets to the point where they're like, yes, I'm committed. I'm committed to having a breakthrough in my life. I'm committed to having deep, loving, reciprocal relationships, satisfying intimacy, love, and connection. Then that person will be ready. Okay, I'm going to go back. I'm, I'm willing to go back. I'm willing to be wrong. I'm willing to even make a fool of myself even. Because maybe there's something that I don't know. Because if I would knew something, I would have done this already. I would have already had what I've wanted. I would have already created a loving, fascinating, loving relationship that I want. The level of intimacy and connection that I long for. Instead of ghosting, ghosting, ghosting spots all over my life. When things get hard, I just leave. So, um, which, you know, really really takes a toll on one's self-confidence, on their self-trust, on their sense of integrity, on your sense of um, faith in yourself, which is life, really. So let's go back. So this person is ready. They're willing. They've gone back. They've identified the first time they felt afraid, that level, that, that fear in their body. They've identified where they felt it. I felt it in my chest felt it in my belly, felt it in my legs. I felt my own muscles in my legs were really tight. I felt, I felt it in my arms. My, I felt it in my hands, wherever, right? Because, you know, we're all different. Our physiology is similar, but different depending on the emotion and the time and place that we're feeling things. Our genetics, our intergenerational trauma, right? So, um, so once I'm able to identify that sensation, then I can let it talk to me. I can let it, I can read the initial message it was trying to send me so many years ago. And the message never got delivered because I was not present to receive it. And the reason why I wasn't present to receive it it's because my mind was trying to protect me from what appeared to be overwhelming. And so now that I'm a big person and that I have the skills and that I'm safe, I can hold my experience just like a loving parent would. Like the loving parent that I wish I had had that would have been able to teach me how to hold the space for that sensation of fear in my body, which I didn't know how to negotiate when I was four or five or however old I was, three. And there's all levels of how this manifests, right? There's pre-verbal trauma in the womb where your body is going through things that you don't even have language to process. And where does all of that sensation go if you don't have the means to process or, ex or express it? It's stuck in your body and it shows up later as depression, as lupus, as 
lots of different conditions that people have. So this is, um, today I just wanted to come on and I wanted to answer a couple questions that I've been getting about what does holistic integrative healing look like? Right, it doesn't include just the physical body that many of us have been focused on, um, you know, with diet plans and plastic surgery and, um, you know, to the level of degree that people go to to alter their physical appearance in the name of mental and emotional health without ever addressing their emotional or mental health, but trying to do it through fixing the physical or shifting or changing the physical body, hoping that somehow it will affect the internal, the quality of their internal experience. While physical health is super important, that's why I have been focused um, on you know, working out at the gym and working on what I'm eating because it's not just one level, right? It's all the levels together that create um, true health, which is the root, the root of health it means wholeness. So that's what I wanted to share with you. And I also wanted to share with you the difference between talk therapy and say working with a life coach. Um, and the different results that you might get. So that was the second thing I wanted to share with you today. And um, yeah, I think the third thing is just um, mainly getting a, a familiarity with your emotional responses and whether they're working for you. And when I say working for you, are they getting you the results that you really want in your life? So the level of effectiveness, it's not a right or wrong, it's not a good or bad. Um, it's about are my emotional and mental responses that I created as a young person getting me like effective? Are they getting me the results I want? And are they truly a true like are they really part of my personality is it really is that like my, my personality really who i am or is it just a collection of day after day stories that i begin to tell myself about the way the world was based on my inability to or lack of mastery for lack of education and tools over my own internal emotional energetic responses that I had felt like I had no control over because nobody even told me that I could even connect with myself at that level. Um, and so as a person who has done a lot of this work for many, many years, many, many modalities, including talk therapy, including hypnotherapy, including energy work, including um, intuitive healing, that the more that I do this work, the more amazed, amazed I become about the 
incredible internal resource each person has available when they begin to really turn within and to see what's there. But a lot of us, most of us have been trained constantly to turn away from it because it's too much to manage. I mean, there are whole um, pathologies around, around this of being pulled into unconsciousness. And when you begin to see this, you begin to witness it. You can't, like I mentioned, you can't unsee it. You begin to see people's behavior patterns and this, and the function that that behavior, like you can see the function that behavior was, uh, why it was created and what it's doing in that person's life. You can also begin to see the price that they're paying and the people around them are paying for that behavior because it's not in alignment with the truth of who they are as an empowered being. It's, it's the truth of a zero to seven year old who feels powerless. And so what happens if we all get upgraded? And I'm not talking about upgrading our phone. I'm talking about upgrading our internal GPS, our heart compass that has all the information available. And it's hard sometimes to communicate this with people because how do you know what's available if you can't even see it? You know, because your eyes have been trained to look outside all of the time. And nothing's the matter with that, looking outside. But what happens when there's a total imbalance and we're all looking outside and nobody's looking within? You know, just like we have two eyes and two hands and two ears and two nostrils, right? Um, we have to have a balance of our vision, not only externally, but also internally. That's the infinity symbol. And most of us are focused on the outside. So we have one side of the infinity that's like gluttonous. And so it's stuck. It's filled with too much. And so that's part of what I really help people support people in facilitating um, them with. And it's, I mean, you are your own medicine. You already have it all within you. So I, what I do really is just hold the flashlight for you. Um, I guide you along the terrain because I've been there. I've walked it. I'm walking it. I know it. I felt the internal capacity. I've spent <laughs> lots and lots of time at the spiritual, energetic, and mental gyms, let's say. And now I'm getting my body to catch up. And so, so I can round out the whole um, fullness, my expanded self. And so, um, anyhow, I just wanted to share this with you today in hopes of offering you perhaps an alternative way of looking at health and wholeness and who you are and what it means to expand into the fullness of your being and that it is possible and that it's is happening and um, whatever those sore points are or those hurt points they're there 
because they're wanting to send you a message that has not been received for time for for many for most <clears throat> for most of your life and if you have the courage and you have the willingness and you have the faith that you're ready to do something different this time and then I'm here to support you in doing that gladly it's my joy it's my privilege and it's my honor all right, I think I'll leave it there for today. Thanks for stopping by. It's always a pleasure to see you. If something I shared with you today resonated, hit home, made you think, huh, that's interesting. Oh, oh, like aha moment. Reach out, let me know. I'd love to hear about it. If you'd like to find out more about the work that I do, you can check out my website at www.mindheart-space.com. And as always, I invite you to share, like, comment, on this podcast, I have a goal of um, expanding my listenership in 2023 to 10K, and I could use your support. All right, until next time, please remember what a valuable treasure you are, and I'll see you next time. Bye for now.